Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm talking to you about mental health awareness. I'm going to share with you some ways that you can identify mental health issues, how you can understand some of the typical behaviours and spot common signs, how to converse with the people in your workplace or elsewhere in your life, quite honestly, and begin to understand their needs. And all of that will help you to have the confidence to be able to handle difficult conversations so that you're able to deal with mental health with confidence and be able to signpost people in the right way without feeling the need to fix everything. So join me. Welcome to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business and life without the stress, doubt and overwhelm. So I help you to increase your performance, to be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host. I'm a leadership coach and workplace trainer helping you and your workforce to increase performance and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, if you've not done this before, please do find the little subscribe button on your podcast app and ensure that you never miss another episode. Importantly, too, please leave a review. It helps the podcast platform to know what's popular and to be able to share it with other people. So thank you if you've already done that. If not, go over and get it done now. (laughs) Now, Before I dive into today's episode, I've had quite a few calls recently from people who are finding things difficult. They are exhausted, they're feeling stressed, they're feeling anxious, and they know that these difficulties are affecting performance. Now, whilst I work with organisations quite a lot, I suppose the bit that I forget to tell people is that I do work with individuals too. And it's definitely been a stressful and tiring time. And I won't deny that there's even been days when I just want to hide under the duvet with a book and come out, you know, uh, next summer, quite honestly. So if the stress is getting to you, if it's stopping you sleeping, or if you're feeling that you're having to work all hours to just, you know, keep on top of things, then please do get in touch with me. We can book a call and talk about the different ways that we can work together to help you to be more focused, uh, work more efficiently and just feel so much better about yourself. I've also been working with organisations in a number of different ways. Now we've got Mental Health Awareness Day coming up and I'm going to be sharing some of the information that I share with organisations on today's podcast. But if you want your mental health awareness workshop for your individuals or for your managers, then do get in touch with me. Also, it's National Stress Awareness Week from the 1st to the 5th of November. So talk to me if you haven't got anything sorted for that yet. There's the option of workshops, of awareness, or also my stress awareness pack that you can buy from me that gives you 
uh, quizzes, information, resources and ways that you can implement things in your workplace to be able to raise awareness about stress and improve people's stress levels so they can be really focused and engaged and perform at their best too. If any of those interest you or you just want to bounce some ideas and ask for my advice on what will help in your workplace and the latest trends, then please do get in touch with me, emma at emmalankton.com and we can book a call. So back to today's episode, I'm talking about mental health awareness. Just to share some facts with you about mental health, one in four people will be affected by poor mental health at some point in their lifetime. Now that doesn't mean that when um, they... Uh, develop a mental health issue that it's there with them forever and it stays some things can come and go but it's the degree to how much they are there you know globally depression is a leading cause of disability mental well-being is often thought about being just kind of how our brains work how we think however in reality it's about thriving in various areas of our life According to World Health Organization, it's where an individual realises his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and is able to contribute to his or her community. You know, now my first point in that is, well, what does normal look like? Because it's different for everybody. But those key dimensions of mental, physical and social are closely linked And so our mental health can be positively or negatively affected by our physical health. You know, so for example, you know, if you live in with uh, long time pain, say, you know, back pain or things like arthritis or some problems with joints or all sorts of things like that, as a result of physical health, then it can cause low mood, it can cause depression or anxiety. It works in the other way too. When people have low mood, their physical health condition can feel more intense too. Now we know in today's world the pace of work and life is really fast and when pressure is felt as growth rather than stress then the outcomes are good. Improved job satisfaction, contribution, engagement, creativity, all those sorts of things. When the pressure feels too much outcomes are not as positive so you or your employees their family their team members people in your organization as a whole can feel this in a really negative way that it's too much that they can't cope you know that they're struggling to focus that they're tired all the time that they don't feel like they're good enough all of those kind of things so then how can you encourage people in your organization to stay focused on their personal and team purpose. Now it's important again to say that our mental health, just like our physical health, can fluctuate. Kind of, I often say to people it's like along a spectrum. So we can have like healthy in a in a bit of a bandwidth and then we might move up to struggling, but then something we change something or something happens and we come back into that healthy spectrum. Or then we go up to struggling, but we stay in struggling for a long period of time and then we end up in a kind of crisis area and this is where people begin to feel ill, that uh, begin to struggle with some perhaps of the day-to-day things and prolonged periods of struggling can lead us into this crisis. 
Sometimes we get that stressed, anxious or worried or kind of mentally unwell feeling for a short period of time. You know, maybe when you have to hand in a project or you've got a particularly busy time in the kind of working calendar, for example, you know, maybe quarterly reviews or a project to hand in appraisals to do all sorts of stuff like that maybe you have to do a talk in front of a group of people but if that situation continues for a long time so that this is things that happen every single day then it can have that damaging effect of sitting in that struggling and crisis area that affects your physical mental and emotional health so you need to be aware of the warning signs But the crucial bit is it's important to know that everyone is different. So what one person struggles with, another person will not. In fact, some people thrive with it. So we need to look at the impact of pressure on mental health and performance and how you can identify the early signs of poor well-being. So if you think then of a situation where you felt stressed or under pressure... And then think about what those areas are that impacted you. How are you feeling? Then think about what it might have been like for your people in your team or the people in your, even in your family, your friends. Because as I've said, it's what affects one person is different to another. Some of these might be about office politics, lack of support, relationship issues, so it's not always in the workplace. Death and loss, obviously. A lack of support and connection. Now, support is huge and I'm always talking about support. It might be about working long hours. It might be about, you know, financial worries. It might be about insecurities. It might be feeling the pressure. It might be boredom. Pressure and life events from outside the workplace can also amplify the pressure that employees feel within the workplace but then it kind of tips the balance for them you know if there was just pressure in one area of our lives we can cope with the others but if it all begins to feel a bit too much okay so it's important to know that different people experience different things and that's why we need to have conversations and check in with people on an individual basis But then, of course, there's always things that we can do to create a working environment that's really productive and healthy. Okay. Now, a lot of those things that I mentioned are areas that COVID has um, definitely impacted. But then it's important to see how it's had perhaps a long lasting effect on you and the people around you. So some of the signs of people feeling the stress and pressure are perhaps about the working long hours or conversely poor punctuality or working early or staying late. It might be emotional aspects like people are a bit more tearful or they've got lost their sense of humour or they're quite grumpy or easily kind of angered and tetchy. There might be some lack of engagement, like low enthusiasm or a lack of focus or poor teamwork. All these things can indicate that somebody is feeling stressed or pressurised. As an individual, look at the impact of stress and pressure and poor mental health. 
So what are the behavioural signs? I always say that, you know, all behaviour is a communication, even if that person's intending for it not to be communicated, you know? And there might be some cultural and personality differences that people respond to things in different ways. But it's helpful for you to know when you can spot things where people seem out of character or seemingly unhappy. So are they getting regular headaches or are they always tired? Is it poor concentration? Are they quite self-critical? Some of the personal things that you might notice in yourself might be, um, you know, sort of hot and sweaty or having difficulty to relax and unable to switch off, um, maybe feeling tearful in yourself. You know, it might feel that your breathing is going quite fast or your chest feels tight. You might notice that your thoughts are racing or that you feel quite sort of angry and irritable. Some of the negative thought processes that you might think yourself or you might hear other people thinking is about, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm, I'm a loser, I'm stupid. All of these phrases that we, you know, we're quite good at beating ourselves up, aren't we? What can you do about this? So the really biggest and most important thing is to be able to start the conversation with your people. Okay, so remember, obviously, there's still this stigma about mental health. So it's vitally important that you actively look for opportunities to initiate a conversation with people. If you suspect that they may be struggling, the sooner you can start to offer support, the better it will be. I've had loads of people come to me on one-to-one basis for coaching or and even when I was doing hypnotherapy for the stress anxiety work and they have phoned in sick to their boss and and feigned stomach bug. Now stress, mental health issues can all result in that churning stomach but it's not a stomach bug and it's about them not wanting to own up that they are struggling with their mental health. Some of the reasons that people do not ask for help or do not own up to it is that, you know, they're kind of almost ashamed that they can't handle it on their own. They don't want people to think that they're weak and can't cope. I did have a CEO come to work with me and I said to him, you know, is there a reason that you've not gone through your usual routes or your EAP? And he said, I don't want to be seen as weak. Some people think that the manager's not interested or people are too busy or I don't want to burden people. But also bigger things like it'll affect my career. Or there's no point because no one can do anything. So if you're going to have the conversations, then remove interruptions of people, phones, pinging of notifications and all those sorts of things. Be approachable. Okay. Now, if you're face to face with somebody, now I'm going to say don't be face to face. If you're in the same room with somebody, sit on a kind of side to side because that direct opposite can feel quite confrontational and threatening. And even if they stand and start pacing the room, try and keep sitting. Try and be, you know, quite relaxed without looking like you're dead nonchalant and, you know, not interested. Watch your body language. Be open, no arms folded. Have appropriate eye contact. But remember that if people are embarrassed or ashamed, they will struggle to look at you. So don't make them look at you. But just keep that open body language, that gentle, you know, understanding tone of voice, the nods of the head, you know, and don't jump in with solutions. The biggest three things that I can 
say to people all of the time when I'm talking to people about having communication and opening up those channels is about open questions. Okay, so please remember that it's not your job to fix things, but do just ask questions that enable them to feel comfortable rather than them being kind of defensive and uncomfortable. So use I'm wondering. So I'm wondering what's going on at the moment that's meaning that you're struggling to get to work on time. Now that's a really waffly sentence, but don't worry about it. Because that other person is not going, oh, he's waffling through that sentence and that's a really weird sentence construction. They're going to be busy just listening to the question that you ask and formulating their answer. But I'm wondering removes why in the question and means that people kind of become less defensive. There's also kind of help me understand. If they say something and you think, well, what's the problem with that? Help me understand. So you begin to get it from their perspective. Okay. An alternative to that might be just tell me more. And then always ask, how can I help? And you might get a shrug and I don't know and all of those things. Okay. I'm wondering if it would be helpful if we looked at what the EAP has got to offer. I'm wondering if we should look at changing your hours. I'm wondering if it would be. Help me understand if this would be helpful. Do you see what I mean? So you can then keep using those three phrases to keep the conversation open. The other aspect is also in the supportive way is to make sure that you have focused active listening. So allow that person to speak without interruption. Don't worry about silences. Resist the urge to jump in. The thing is, silence is really uncomfortable. And, you know, this might seem a little bit sneaky, but often I say to people, most people find silence uncomfortable. So if that's the case, they are going to be more uncomfortable than you. If you can sit and ride it, they're going to speak and then you're going to get some information. It sounds a bit sneaky and devious, but do you know what? It works. Okay. Try not to be affected by your own opinions or whether they're right or wrong to feel that the way that they do. Use reflection. So a reflecting statement allows the other person to see themselves through your eyes. It's used an awful lot in kind of therapy and coaching. Um, you know, so, but you can kind of summarize or repeat a part of what they told you. So you go, oh, so you feel, da, da, da. It looks like to you that the team's not including you or whatever it is. And it signals to their brain that you're making an attempt to understand them. Provide reassurance so that you're encouraging them to open up and feel comfortable talking about what they're talking about. Tell them that you'll be supportive. Tell them that it's confidential or that I will only speak to people I feel it's absolutely essential and I will let you know when I'm doing that. If an employee finds it too hard to talk at that point in time, let them know they can talk another time. And then what you do is you can signpost. So about the, you know, encourage self-help, 
how are you sleeping how are you eating you know i know you know this however encourage them to see a a gp or a therapist or whatever it is that you've got in place in your organization okay your role as a manager really is to communicate regularly so that you because you have that direct impact on the people that you work with if you spot those signs of distress and changes in behavior early you can influence how employees feel and keep them opening up and stopping them going into a crisis situation or being off work with a pretend stomach bug give them regular feedback when you communicate with them you know support some reasonable adjustments You know, and then use relevant information that helps them with their health and well-being. You know, so encouraging them to come to a session or um, to listen even to this podcast or to some of the other ones that I've done. Find some information on all the websites, NHS, Mind, all of those sorts of places. Book me to come in and talk either to your managers to start with or to your individuals where then I go through giving people really top tips that they can use to help themselves think more clearly, you know, focus more efficiently. Or just talk to me about what it is that we can do to help those people. I think you can tell that I'm really passionate about it. And since, you know, I've kind of lived through supporting other people, even in my family with mental health, um, You know, I can bring that professional edge as well as a personal touch to it as well. So I really hope that that's helped. So think about the different aspects that you might see in your people. What might be the causes, what the signs are, what the impact is. How to have those sorts of conversations. Those three key phrases to keep those open questions. The power of active listening, silence, reflection, reassurance before you signpost and remember that you don't have to fix everything. You're there to help and support and direct. So I really hope that that's been helpful for you today. As ever, if you have any questions, then get in touch with me, emma at emmalankton.com or visit my website, Please don't forget to leave a review, share this episode with people if you think it's going to be helpful and then have an amazing week and I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye for now.